0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 195. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin. Today, joined by the Julian Barat and Noel Fielding of LA. Okay. Yes, seeing Alex. Okay. Do you know that name? Yeah, you know them?
1: Yeah. Noel yeah. Fielding is like extremely uh known. The mighty boosh. Yeah is extremely known as jesse <laughs> as jesse looks massively confused he's like the, he's like the host of bake-off now he's like huge that's why i recognize him that's what it is. Yeah, is yeah. i'm aware
2: of who they are i just thought it was it was apt to, like yes yeah. i know that they are known he
1: is known <laughs> oh well which one is which i have heard that he is known huh who is who's who which one is which i don't know i think i think there's a little no fielding in each of us jesse <laughs> I think there's like two sides, to Noel Fielding, and I think we exemplify each of those sides of him quite well. I'm sure. I I'm trying to think. Like I don't know that
2: I am a, a, a Noel, but I'll take Noel. Yeah, like I said, he's well. He's he's widely known.
0: Jesse is absolutely baffled. Every I know you can't see his face, but he looks so confused.
2: I just don't remember who the other person's name was. Julian Barat. Julian Barat. Yeah. I don't think I'm a Julian either.
1: I I I don't think I'm either of them. The thing that's the weirdest thing about the Chiluminati show in the like late 2 like the late 100s episode numbers is that at the beginning of every single episode, two like all three of the hosts spend a significant amount of time talking about a pair of British comedians that they barely know anything about.
0: But to be fair, we haven't done this for 195 episodes. <laughs> I started this. No, late no, this is
1: the late. This is late. This is late hundreds numeration. This is one of the features of this period in our lives. Like, if it's like Van Gogh, and this is like the blue period. <laughs> this is the the British comedian duos period. Are you excited? Wow, we're five episodes away from hitting episode 200. I wonder what we're gonna do for episode 200, man. That's crazy. I don't know. I I, I have so I'm curious. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. I I'm curious. What- I wonder because. It would be weird if one of us had a plan. It'd be wild if one of us had a plan.
2: I don't think I'm either of them. I'm looking. At, I'm. I, I, I can't at, figure it out. Jesse's <laughs> coming out think of the I'm research hole. Of
1: Those guys.
2: <laughs> you have to pick one. I can't. You must. One I I clearly see in a closet in IT crowd. And the
1: other is very much not me in any possible way. All right. I'll be no fielding, and you be Sandy Toxvig. All right. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Who's that? Yeah. That's the other host of Bake Off. Well, actually, oh, it's okay. now Matt Lucas, but Sandy Talks big. I think, is Jesse's more of a Sandy than a Matt. 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jesse will be anybody
1: if you pay him enough. Sandy's also the host of QI. I love, uh, you know what? She's great. Yeah. If if that, if that I could put Jesse in one job, it would be to make him the host of the American QI. If I had like <laughs> a billion dollars, that's what that's I would a great give idea, to honestly, the Ameri- I love, I love that. it. Yeah. I would give that to the American people. Jesse,
0: for, for, like I said, for for any amount of money, you you'll be whoever anybody wants, right? Is there like a limit? Like if they paid you, no, what, like a hundred million dollars into for you to role play as somebody? Oh, well, see, that's
1: whoa, whoa, that's different. Mercenary mindset, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> if
0: somebody said, Jesse, I want to bang you, but you have to pretend you're Hitler the whole time,
1: and I'm being whoa. paid a hundred million
2: dollars. Is that what this episode's about? <laughs> Banging Shit. Hitler segues hang on we'll get i that. don't i don't think that's good i the other day i saw there's a game on steam that was that specific thing so wow. what yeah i know i'm not even joking welcome to the <laughs> internet everyone <laughs> answer the question jesse yes or no what do you mean would i for a hundred i'd do pretty much anything for a hundred million, million a hundred million dollars hundo milio i do pretty much a eh, question before or after taxes hmm We'll say it, it's uh, after taxes. It's a clean
0: hundred yeah, million. Yeah, no, I'd do
2: anything. <laughs> oh, I, I would. Any, if there's any, like, rich
1: princes out there that need me to do something. Where can they give us that money, actually, Alex? I think that <laughs> if you wanted to do something similar to that, I think maybe not quite that. Let's say that. Let's put that out there. If you want to do something that's not quite like what Mathis said. Yeah, not quite that. But similar to it. You can head over mm-hmm. to Patreon.com slash where no one will ask you to act like hitler during copulation however Love you will get i don't even know what that means like, wow speech what like what would you- i don't know i don't know just I don't, be I just, like you just
0: shout a lot while you're like with every thrust
1: yeah would you no. want me to paint i don't speak german first of all like i don't speak a lick <laughs> i don't speak a lick a german I don't know shit. I like, I could, the illusion immediately falls apart when I'm like, how does he act?
0: No, it means at the end of copulation, you put a shotgun in your mouth, you pull the trigger.
1: Oh, I,
2: I don't think it was a shotgun, but oh, uh, yeah. Did he not? Was it not a shotgun? I don't know.
1: I don't know. think so. I don't, I don't think Keller pulled out his shoddy.
0: I feel like- <laughs> I don't know. I thought he did. Hang on. It's time to Google what. Did Hitler shoot himself with?
1: Ava, get me my shotgun. Uh, shooting uh, by, oh, what a bitch. There's no way he had a shotgun down he there. He swallowed
0: cyanide first and then shot himself in the head with, I'm, ass- I'm, I'm assuming a pistol.
1: Well, there we go. <laughs> How do we here's, get Here's here? one thing you can, here's happening? one thing you know. I want you all to know about th- all three hosts of the Chiluminati podcast. We think Adolf Hitler sucks. All right, guys, do you smell that?
2: Is it burning toast? Dude, I don't know what's going on right now. What's that smell? Hmm, hmm. Are you Is okay? Of, Do you know? No, not true crime. Mm,
0: but cooking human flesh. He's gone. Did he die?
1: He's Bro, did he gone. die? Man, just what froze, just happened? Dude, he's gone. He's <laughs> gone. <laughs> It looks like we're in like a like a psychedelic like dream nightmare right now. I don't know what happened to Mathis. He's gone. The man said, do you smell burning toast? (laughs) 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 Hello?
0: (laughs) Hello? Hi, uh, we're
1: still live.
0: We've had yeah, we're we've still been, recording. I guess
1: we have been fully connected this whole time. Oh no my loss god, to our signal at all, and we just watched you go into the shadow realm just now. <laughs> I think somebody from our future found out that we started talking about Hitler on the podcast and jumped in to stop things from getting any further than they had gone. Uh, oh what the fuck just happened? I, I, you know what, Dean? G- Godspeed, sir. <laughs> yeah, Godspeed, homie. I don't know what,
2: Dude, <laughs> Do not edit any of that out. That was. Hilarious. Oh, Wait till wow. the
1: animated version of that comes out. That was crazy.
0: Uh, I was, all I was saying is I smelled the smell of cooking human flesh. Do you smell it?
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? What are you fucking shit? What are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you? What is, the,
0: what is the through line? What is the through line? I'm told it smells and tastes a lot like bacon and pork, actually. I, I've Why never... are you... <laughs> it's also, don't worry, see, it's also the smell of the truth.
2: internet tried to stop you and gave you an out. It gave you an out, Mathis. You could have walked away. We didn't have to come back here. We didn't have to talk about this. Rule
0: one of improv commit to the bit. You don't stop. You just keep oh going. Oh my God. That's
1: true. You don't stop. I don't think stop. that's
0: true. Because the smell of human flesh is also the smell so of you tr- don't have to keep talking true. about it. True crime. It's the smell of true crime as oh, well.
1: Oh, we're here. Hey, we're here. Hey. The obvious. And the obvious segue has been revealed. Thank you. We had to get
0: there. Uh, mostly Mathis we're is doing some more know, truth. I've been excited for this. For sure. I've been excited for a while, but I, if, if I keep thinking about aliens, I'm going to f- jump off of a bridge. Dude, I, it's I, dude, been,
1: I've been watching Mathis unravel in the chat. It's not, it's not good. I don't, don't ask. It's him. getting worse. Don't ask him about the photos. Don't ask. Yeah. Him.
0: Don't a- God damn it. Jeremy Corbel. Uh, and, and then, the, you know what's worse about a couple days later, enough like people have kind of talked about it and picked it apart that there might actually be some legitimacy to these photos because it's what you learn is that it's a heat photo. So the object we're seeing is not hot, it's ice cold. And the thing we're seeing behind it isn't a contrail, it's a wake trail from it moving so fast. So if it was a missile, you would think it would be hot. I don't know. I can't do this right now. I can't do this right now. We can't do this right now. I get it. So instead, what did you decide to lighten the mood? We're gonna go take, we're gonna, I'm going back to a world that makes sense to me. 1800s america uh and the world of true crime you know but 1800s america so you know it's gonna be fun dude this is another story filled with great names weird situations and moments that you're like this is this can't be real um so before we actually begin this
1: podcast so far actually uh, you
0: know what you're right you're right uh jesse uh i'm gonna send
2: into twitter a little ballad for you to read through it's short don't worry Six miners went into the mountains to hunt for precious gold. It was the middle of the winter. The weather was dreadful cold. Oh, I think, I think Twitter might be making extra paragraphs. Six miners went into the m- mountains. The had nor food nor shack. Six miners went into the mountains. But only one came back.
0: What you just read, Jesse, is known as the Ballad of Alfred Packer, written in the sometime in the 19th century. We don't have an exact oh, date for it.
1: My, I know this story.
0: Not to be confused <laughs> with the song, The Ballad of Alfred Packer by Philip Ox in 1964. Are you familiar with that tune? Uh, No, I'm
1: not familiar with the tune. Let me tune. give you
0: boys a sample. Let me give me a little sample of what this is like. Hang on, hang on.
1: Okay. Can't wait to hear this. This is The Ballad of Alfred Packer. Nice intro An so far. guide in the Old West. In the state of Colorado in the year of 74, they crossed the San Juan Mountains, gold-hungry to the core. Their guide was Alfred Backer. They trusted him too long. For his character was weak and his appetite was strong. They
0: called- and that's a little
2: taste of the song. You can go take a listen to Can we to take it. a minute? Hold on. Can you play from the beginning again? Absolutely.
1: This is the Ballad of Alfred Packer, an infamous guide in the Old West.
2: Are you trying to figure out what the woman is saying? No, I'm trying to figure in out that opening bit right there. The music the is, I'm almost positive they the opening to the song lot. Tribute by Tenacious D. <laughs> is it really? I'm <laughs> sure it's the exact same opening. Did you yeah. just crack open a mystery right now that we didn't even know existed? I think, you know, Probably Jables is a big fan. I maybe, think maybe maybe of the ballad. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: that song is really fun. It's like it, go go look look it up again. It's by a man by the name of Phil Ox, O C H S. I had never heard of him before. Uh, and that song was specifically uh, released in 1964. Uh, but other than that, there was also a 1980 biopic about Alfred Packer uh, that was pretty much entirely fictitious, called The Legend of Alfred Packer. And in 1993, the musical Cannibal the Musical. That's the way I
1: know this story. (laughs) It's
0: very, very, very loosely based on his story. Right. Uh, So, you know, if you've seen any of those, you have a general idea of who he is. um, But, you know, it's not quite truthful. It's a lot of a lot of one.
1: The musical is like a student project from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Did you know that? Really? I did not know that at all. That's wild. It's fucking hilarious it's so worthwhile it's like this it's like if you're like at your house smoking your big ass bong listening to the chilluminati podcast what you should do after this episode uh you know after subbing to our patreon of course is to literally just immediately turn on cannibal the musical uh by trey parker and matt stone and it will be a great companion piece to this story
0: that's a great idea i might go do that after this as well because i want to i haven't seen it hilarious
1: It's short too. It's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's like a student film from when they were at CU, I think. Well, I don't
0: know what it is about that. Like 1800s era where it seems more cannibals are willing to go to cannibal town. Uh, this very is, trauma friendly time yeah this is like the same era that Boone helm was doing his thing out in the wild and almost dying people
1: just didn't start giving a fuck till like 1915
2: <laughs> yeah there was you think that's what it was and not like the inability to find food in the winter
1: or who are you gonna tell if you if somebody you're like hey somebody ate this guy somebody's gonna be like oh shit okay who are you going to tell? The sheriff? Again, like Bo- uh, Boone Helm, his issue
0: was like he kept going out knowing he couldn't do it. And yet he kept going out anyway over and over again.
1: And he kept getting his ass He walked saved. into a room and like shot a man and left. And he was like fine. He didn't like go to jail. You know what I mean? Like. No. <laughs> No. Like that's a different world. Like that's a world where nobody gives a fuck. I'm yeah. telling you, 1915, it is a, it is 1920. That's about the time that people actually started to be like, wait, you can't do that. <laughs> Before that, if you just like beat the shit out of somebody, everyone would be like, that guy probably deserved it.
0: I mean, you're not wrong, and you're gonna see little snippets of that uh, in this story. Yeah, the story of Alfred Packer is not quite like Boone Helm. By all accounts, Packer was a much more decent man. Not a good man, but unlike Boone Helm, wasn't a serial killer, always on the edge of stabbing somebody. He was real hungry. Yeah, real hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But Packer was definitely prone to fancifying his life a bit. He liked to lie to make himself seem way more important or cool than he actually was. And he was just a man who, in the end, kind of got put into a terrible situation and didn't necessarily make the best decisions when it came to survival and how to go about it. Um, but we'll see that in part two. There will be a two-part episode uh, series. Oh, shit. No, no, this is more of a story of ambition, poor decisions, and in the end, the loss of unnecessary life, potentially at the hand of Alfred Packer. In this two-parter, we'll be looking at Packer's life both before and after the mining expedition that changed his life forever. But as always, before we dive into it, a shout out to the main source for today's episode by one of no, maybe definitely my favorite true crime author, Harold Schechter, uh, a book by the call by the name of Man Eater. Uh, it is a, such a great read. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything by this man I've read that I didn't like. Um, this is another really good read. And if you want all the details, what the ones has he done? I mean, we did, Ed Gein was a, he was a main source for Ed Gein. He has a bit about Dahmer in one of his books that I used as part of the Dahmer research. He's done, uh, I think he's, uh did um, Ed Kemper, uh, which we'll be doing at some point in the future.
1: That's the one from Mindhunter, right? Yes,
0: yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, so Schechter's just a very well-versed cr- two-crime author, one of the best out there. I freaking love his stuff. Shout-outs. Yeah, big shout-outs. Please go read it. If you want to know all the gritty details that I'm not going to cover here, he does a great job at laying out how he found the information, how he tracked it all down. It was great. Alfred Packer was born on November 12th, 1842 in Allegheny uh, Allegheny County, Pennsylvania to parents James Packer and Esther Griner. He would be one of eight kids in his family. This is the time where, like, Kids were a labor source. You know, they were like, got to pump them out because we need little hands working around our land. Otherwise, I, we're going to have to hire people and that costs money. Uh, and I, know, I don't know what you're thinking, obviously, is Alfred Packer related to the famous Asa Packer, one railroad pioneer and founder of Lake university, right,
1: boys? That was... Oh, yeah, that's where I was at. I was like...
2: You, uh, yeah, no, I was there. Good. With, I was I there was with like, you.
1: Actually, I was thinking, like, what British comedian is Jesse Cox like is what I was... I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get out of him.
0: Well, uh, despite Alfred himself claiming that he was indeed related to this particularly powerful and well-known woman, the truth was simply that he wasn't. He lied about it until the day he
1: died. Shortly See after... that's what I'm saying. Nobody, you could, just, nobody could check. How are you going to fact-check that? Unless yeah, you walk up to saying. her himself. You're like, I have the same last nobody name. fuck. Yeah, exactly. Shortly
0: after Alfred was born, their father decided to move the family to LaGrange, Indiana, and became an active member within the local Methodist Episcopal Society. But beyond this point, what we know about Alfred's childhood is about as deep as a puddle. We have nothing on this man's life until about age 18 or 19. Anything before that is kind of purely mystery, barring one important fact hacker growing up was known to fall into very violent seizures the beginnings of a disorder that would bother him and trouble him until his death something that we now know as grand mal seizures for which at the time all they called it was seizures and could absolutely do nothing to help it and if you're wondering what what are they called grand mal seizures it's a type of seizure that involves a loss of consciousness and violent muscle contractions a grand mal seizure is usually caused by epilepsy, but may have other triggers such as very low blood sugar, high fever, or even a stroke. the sta- The seizure has two stages: loss of consciousness occurs first, lasts about ten to twenty seconds, followed by muscle convulsions that last for less than two minutes. Sheesh. Yeah, it's it's. They need if you have this, you need to be on daily seizure medication to keep it at bay because it's just is it, constant. Is it M A M-A-L, L L or M A U L? M A L one L. M
2: A L. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, it's big, a big, so bad, not seizures. like Darth
2: Maul. Uh, no, not like, like Darth Maul. that would be freaking sick. Ourselves to
1: the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Really big, no. bad seizures.
0: Yeah. Big, bad God. seizures. <laughs> no. Um, this is something he suffered from childhood. There's nothing people could do to treat it. And it would just damn haunt him his whole life. It would be a few months before his 19th birthday that we actually get kind of our first look into Packer's life. And at the, the moment we get to look at is one that would change his life forever. It was when the bombardment of Fort Sumter hit, as and as we know, started the Civil War. A month later, Packer was off to join the Union Army, where he registered in April of 1862, joining the 16th Regiment of U.S. Infantry at Winona, Minnesota. So he just was like, right on off. And the only thing we really know beyond him having seizures is this, that he joined the Army. I have no idea what his life was before that. We only know what he looked like at this time because he actually joined the army and due to his enlistment form physical description. At this time, at 19, Alfred or just about 19 rather, Alfred was 5 foot 8 with fair complexion, blue eyes, and hair that more than more than one pers- person described as coal black. So he had like very dark hair. Yeah. When he was shipped off to Ohio for training after, after arriving, he quickly and proudly adorned his right arm with a tattoo that displayed his name rank and regiment so he was just immediately super excited to join got it took a while
1: to put your rank on your tattoo right? yeah it
0: said 16th regiment all that stuff um but there was one one small issue uh with the tattoo um Alfred wasn't a learned man and his name spell was spelt wrong <laughs> instead of saying Alfred Packer it said Alfred Packer he switched the e and the r in his name so <laughs> and, uh Alfred Nobody Packer was, like, you was fr- sure dude <laughs> no nobody probably
1: because none of them could read i'm sure many of them have I'm no saying. idea nobody um, gave a shit about anything until like 1915 this is it, what i'm saying yeah i agree and one and this actually he wasn't the
0: only one of his family that couldn't spell their own name his one of his sisters i think was three years older if i remember correctly uh melissa spelt her name consistently malissa with an a instead of an e uh, and it just, again, lack of education. It points to that. He obviously didn't go to school as a kid. He was a manual labor guy on the land that they moved into. Um, so yeah, for the rest of his life, not only does it say Alfred Packer, but if you actually go to his wiki, which is a great little quick resource on like a quick highlights at the very top in the tab, it's labeled Alfred Packer. So <laughs> Jesse, go ahead and you can, Jesse's gonna check I'm going to check it out right, right now. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you can do it right now. You can see it at the top. Uh, in the in the actual Wikipedia uh, URL as well, it's all spelled. Oh Alford. yeah, you're right,
2: Alfred. That's so funny. Th- it really is. Yeah, I
0: think that's freaking hilarious. Alfred <laughs> Packer. Yeah, it's it's like one of the weird running jokes that sticks with this man. Don't read the wiki. Don't spoil yourself on the story. I'm not gonna. Right. Uh, eventually, wow, Al- I didn't
1: expect how much he was gonna look like Rasputin.
0: <laughs> it's just the time period, man. Life sucked out there. It's just You, you yeah. could be 20 and God look like damn. you were 60. Uh, it's wild. But eventually we do know that Alfred at some point learned to spell his name because later forms in his life indicated that because he, spe- he began spelling his name correctly in other forms. Mm. Um, his stint in the army, while he did sign up for three years, ended very quickly and kind of sadly, uh, just after Christmas in 19, uh, rather 1862. Just eight months after signing up, Packer received the disability discharge at Fort Ontario for quote incapable for being incapable of performing necessary duties uh, because of epilepsy. At oh, the shit. bottom of at the bottom of the form was a place for the doctor to write how often these uh, events happened, and it simply said quote. All the time. He was having seizures constantly. But as the paper trail leads us, he didn't give up on the army quite yet. After getting discharged, he wandered westward where in uh, Iowa, he enlisted for the Union Cavalry. And because we're living in an era where people can't talk to each other, they had no idea that this man is discharged. Why would you even ever get on a fucking horse if you had... <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Dude, there's gonna be a lot of questions you're gonna ask about this man that point to him maybe not being
1: the most intelligent like dude a in the a world. seven-foot fall for your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. He
2: sounds like- a lot like... Uh... John Locke from Lost, where he's like, Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. yeah Even though they're... it's like, Bro, you shouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's got that. It's very much that. And it's, it's you're like gonna that scene, scene... So many examples of him being stubborn as fuck to his own detriment.
1: It's like that scene uh, from Lost <laughs> where Locke smiles at the camera with the orange, but it's like a fucking human heart or some shit. In his mouth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have never seen the show, but <laughs> oh, I hear what what it's a good. great character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no context. No context so, needed.
0: He wandered off to Iowa, joined the cavalry, and we know during this time with the cavalry, he wound up in Tennessee on duty to defend Nashville because of a note written by the regimental scribe docking Packer $2.50 from his pay, which is a little more than $50 in today money for, quote, plundering
1: citizens of Nashville. <laughs> well, Whoa. whatever, that's like one value meal at McDonald's these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, these days. Yeah, the dude was uh, guarding Nashville and also robbing the citizens of Nashville at
1: the same time. He, They were like, all right, give us 50 bucks. Now stop all that robbing you're doing. Yeah,
0: they didn't kick him out of the... He, he stayed in the cavalry after that. They Clean didn't kick him up. out.
1: Stop that robbing. Yeah, that's it. You can stay,
0: but don't rob anymore. Pretty much. That's exactly what happened. But when April of 19, uh, 1863 rolled around, which is the exact like about one year exactly from when he joined uh, back in 1862... Packer would be discharged once again for the very same reasons with this doctor noting that he'd been unfit for duty for the past 60 days and quote, the paroxysms occur once every 48 hours and sometimes as often as two or three times every 48 hours. To give you an idea of how often Packer was having these seizures. He was plagued by these seizures and it's, uh, yeah, it got him kicked out of the army again. I don't know what he was expecting. He lasted way less time in the cavalry I don't know if they were, like, he was going to have to have a seizure on, on a horse at some point, and that would have been a disaster. I feel like it had to happen day one. You would think that would happen in day one. You would, you would hope it would happen in day one. It did not happen in day one. The years following his dismissal found Packer drifting even further and further west. We know he worked various jobs uh, to make some money just to keep him going, like he was a, trap st- a trapper, a teamster, and a hunter slash wilderness guide. Um, for people, which is, I can't imagine went well. Eventually, his drifting landed him where it landed a lot of veterans of the Civil War out in Colorado, where the gold and silver mines beckoned anyone willing to gamble their entire lives moving there at potential riches beyond their wildest imaginations. It was at that, that time, He, you know, it was just like mines were constantly being discovered and taken from the native people. And it was just uh, a lot of people saw easy money, so everybody fucking made it there. We also know at some point during this time that he lost two of his fingers in a mining accident, uh, landing him a job that was known as a jackwacker. Boys, before I tell you what a jackwacker is, uh what do you think a jackwacker is?
2: <sighs>
0: a man with two fingers can be a jackwacker.
2: So if you have a jack and you're jacking, uh-huh. Um Then I imagine someone has to undo the jack. Mm. Is that it? I don't even know what you're talking about. So no, A Jack
1: whacker. You need two fingers to do this. You
0: don't need two fingers, but somebody missing two fingers can still do it. They can still do it. I don't know. No clue. Can somebody with one finger do it? I would say, yeah, I would say they
1: could. Can somebody with no hands do it? Mm, That might be difficult. You would need your okay, hands. A jack whacker is somebody who you pay to jack you off. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get that two finger crab grip, dude. Yeah, we yeah. love to hear it.
0: Uh, no, it's way more boring than both of those. All he got to do was lead long strings of pack mules filled with supplies for the miners who were actually doing the mining. That's all sick. He became just a, a boring labor guy. And of course, during all of this, the seizures did not stop at all. Uh, one of his co-miners, I guess is what you, uh, that's thats what I wrote down, but now I'm saying it out loud and it sounds really weird. Uh, one of the miners he mined with stated, quote, at frequent intervals, he would fall to the ground and struggle to a terrible degree. He would then pro- He would then be prostrate for several days, unable to perform any labor. So, you know, he wasn't very good at doing the whole mining thing. Seizures once again ruined his dream at being a miner, at least there. And it's at that point, we lose Alfred Packer to history for a while for an entire decade. It isn't until that decade passes that he pops back up, and this time, we find him in Utah, making his way to Bingham Canyon, where he would work as a copper miner for a time. Before, what do you think got him out? No, it's not seizures. Seizures did not force him to not be a miner this time. Robbery, nope, not that either. Only new problem arises for our dear Alfred Packer. He was sickened with lead poisoning and had to stop working.
2: I mean, that checks out. That sounds right.
0: This man has lost two fingers, has constant seizures, robbed people, and now has lead poisoning.
2: What year is this again? 18, we're in like 1866-ish. You got off easy. I'll be real. This is (laughs) like, this is the 1800 special
0: right here. What's funny is that he, uh, beyond this event that we'll go through, the man ended up living till 97 years old. And he broke records. People like, we'll talk about that in the next episode as we talk to do him. Do
2: you think it was because he ate of human flesh and thus gained their powers? Well, you imbue the souls of the others and can
0: potentially, like you know, further along your youth. You know, all the rich and famous people do blood
2: transfusions with young people. Below. Should I be eating my friends and enemies? I guess only the young ones, though. Only the young ones. Well, I mean, yeah. That's the basis of every conspiracy theory actually happening right now, which yeah. is
1: pretty messed up. I know, I know. <laughs> that's like literally all of the thinking that it took to get there for like anyone uh, yeah, they, at they, any point during any of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, that's my favorite thing is to as like when people come at me, just ask a question and watch them unravel because they can't answer because they don't think fa- past that point. Once he was back on his feet. Hackers kind of similar. He was more worried about the immediacy uh, of finding another job. So instead of becoming a miner again, he went to a nearby small town uh, known as Sandy where he began working as a smelter. And he was smelting copper, which meant during that job he got, quote, it again
1: he got lead poisoning it again time (laughs) yeah that feel when you get leaded again dude
0: yeah man when you get leaded again uh, that's what he said i I got leaded again
1: i've done got leaded again dag nubbit from packer's own
0: future testimonies he said the lead quote rode me into fits they thought i was gonna die so yeah i don't know what lead poisoning actually does to you but i know it's not good potentially makes you a violent serial killer but that's all I know. Is that real? Well, there's a theory that serial killers were very prolific in that in like the time period because gas had lead in it at the time, and lead poisoning has been known to potentially cause violent, angry temper changes and stuff. And yeah, there's a theory that that funneled into the the massive amount of serial killers we had for a couple of decades there.
1: What a what a great world this is! I know. Isn't what it a fun? wonderful place. Well, now it's
0: all unleaded, so we're fine. The microplastics aren't going to do anything to us, boys. Come on, we'll be fine. No. Nope. <laughs> nope i'm doing great so now that he was leaded again the local sawbones dr mccann treated him with a liberal amount of castor oil and if people who don't know what castor oil is it's really just a vegetable oil pressed from castor beans it's colorless you pale yellow uh, and it's supposed to help with like making you poop it's a it's like a digestion thing for the most part so i'm not quite sure how it was supposed to help him with leaded lead poisoning but that's what he did i mean and if you don't know what sawbones are back in this day So like doctors were like jacks of multiple trades. They were like, uh, they were, um, what do you call them? You would take them to the, uh, barbershop to get like surgery and sh- shit done. People who were barbers were also surgeons and it was a wild, scary time for me. I feel like
1: when you call somebody a sawbones, that's like when you call one guy, a chef and one guy's the guy behind the meat counter at the, at the grocery store, who's making you a Turkey sub. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I feel so. like I that guy's the sawbones.
0: Yeah. they have the sawbones. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And Packer, uh, after receiving a, an, a lot of castor oil, I guess was on his feet, just in time to get his hands on a newspaper that was spreading the word of the latest silver strikes out in, San, in the San Juan Mountains of Colorado. And at this point in time, where we're at is 1873 by now, and fall was in full swing by the time he got news, with winter not too far out, and the call of San Juan being too tempting for him not to heed. He knew he needed to get there quickly to have any chance at claiming the treasure before it was all claimed by others, and Packer quickly met two travelers who were just serendipitously heading out to San Juan themselves because they, quote, had no better, uh, had no reason to go any other place. Like, they just were like, hey, whatever, it's fine. We, we, we could go to San Juan. We could go anywhere else. Everywhere is kind of the same for us. And when he found them, he went and offered them help as best he could. He could help along the trail as well, along with like hunting and stuff because he was broke. He had no money to offer, no way to pay his way, and he was willing to do whatever he could and claimed to know a considerable amount of the country and could be a useful guide for them to help pay his way. And nobody could fucking Google it because (laughs) nothing existed like that. (laughs) Exactly. Bob McGrew and George Tracy were the two that he approached, and they were very impressed with not only how ambitious he was, but how healthy he seemed. To them, he seemed like a healthy young man who would be able to help them in the harder things and be a really valuable asset to their caravan moving forward. They
1: mistook the like maniacal activity of a lead mad, <laughs> like illiterate again. It's not crazy quite, person.
0: Like because it's not. Qu- you'll see. Like he annoys a lot of people, but he's not Boonhelm, and that's important. Like it's different. He's not brash. No, he's just dumb. He's very stupid. That's really the big problem. There you go. So since they were impressed, they decided that's fine. They'll take him along and they paid his $50 grub steak. If you don't know what a grub is, a grub is an amount of material, provisions or money supplied to an enterprise or in this point, a wagon. They basically just paid his uh, for his supplies to come along with them. And that's like the term they used back then is, hey, what's, you know, if you got a $50 grub steak. And after that, Packer was part of their two-wagon caravan. Their plan was to stop by Salt Lake City. You're going to stock up on provisions. And by the end of that visit, the caravan was 19 people strong, all headed to the promised treasures of San Juan, Colorado.
1: And that's how YouTube works right there.
0: I'm trying to figure out
1: what you mean by that. <laughs> I guess so.
0: Like you walk into a city and... You meet. Oh, he he ended up
1: with a caravan of 19 people based off what a wish and a dream and a nickel. Yeah, Yeah, I guess you're right.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh,
1: (laughs) And uh, shortly after the 19
0: people departed Salt Lake City, heading north to Colorado, two more prospectors ended up joining them. A man by the name of Preston Nutter, one of my favorite names I've ever heard, and another by the name of Oliver D. Lutzenheiser another German, uh, just like last time with Boonhelm, the German that joined. But Preston Nutter is my favorite. Uh, Nutter was openly concerned about their provisions being too low at the start when they joined, but Alfred Packer reassured them that, quote, he knowed all the country and reassured them that they'd get to their destination, which was about 400 miles away in 20 days' time, no problem. He was going to take them 400 miles, 21 people, in 20 days, not no problem.
1: And everybody fucking believed 400 him. 400 miles, huh? Everybody was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He said he knows. Before 1915, you couldn't do a simple division <laughs> problem. I swear to God. When Well, if
0: somebody says they knowed all the country, then I guess you just have to take them at their goddamn word. 400 miles in 20 days. Yeah, man. No problem. It, it not, not an issue at all. Uh, it didn't take very long for one of the two new folk, Oliver, to start disliking Packer a lot. He said he found him irritating, greedy, and accused him of hoarding the rations. In an example he gave, he said, when the flour began shortening in supply, Packer would build up a fire, bake up a great cake of bread bigger than a dinner plate, and then shove it under his coat and sneak off with it to eat because he didn't want the others to jeer him for his greediness. The dude was just making... A huge loaf of bread and like a cartoon it was like, I'll shove that in my fucking coat and i going to fucking all an right. And then you just hear him munching in the background before having
1: a seizure and going to bed. It's just fucking wild. How could they be like, gentlemen, we'll see you in 20 days. Yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I would have beat this guy's ass on like night two and been like, we are out of here, my man. Dude,
0: <laughs> a few people really, really wanted to beat him. Trust me. Bob and Oliver both claimed that Packer had an uneasy interest in just how much money everyone was carrying on them as well. Constantly inquiring <laughs> to see how much people were carrying on them at the time. <laughs> just like what? very. Yeah. He would just ask people consistently hey, uh, how much gold you got. What do you got? How much money do you have? Oh, yeah. Hey, Jim, how you got? How much money do you want? Just, and just ask people how much money they had. And they would respond or would they be like, shut up? They seemed like they would respond. Yes, he would, and it was a consistent annoyance to them. It was very, very weird, and it was very suspicious. But Bob, Bob McGrew, the man who uh, kind of took him on and uh, initially, didn't really ever dislike Packer, and didn't really understand why other people in the caravan didn't like him. He had a soft spot for Packer, but he also was aware at this point, as was everybody, of Packer's epilepsy. And he truly, I think, kind of had a, you know, like was empathetic for that reason and felt very much bad for him. For McGrew, the discovery came one night early on when they camped around the fire, and Packer suddenly said, they said, had a wild look in his eyes as he stared on, before shortly after falling over partly into the campfire while convulsing so hard that he knocked a coffee pot over where the water splashed onto the hot coals, causing a steam that then scalded and burned in a freckled pattern all
1: over his face and eyes. Holy shit. (laughs) Why did this guy say... Why did this guy decide that the the job he should have is to lead people into the wilderness? <laughs> this was before the other two joined this is before the
0: other two joined him so he had plenty of time to be like you got to go back man salt lake city's like that
1: way. Like what yeah like okay. Oh, no! Yeah. You know what? Yeah. No shade for being an epileptic person no! like having epilepsy. Just if you've got it and there's not a pill you can take every day I, Maybe
0: don't be a wildlife my, guide in the 1870s. Don't
2: it's tell him what he can and can't first, do, bro.
1: <laughs> You're
2: right. Yeah, you can't You're stop right. him. He's fine. Damn it. He's going to put uh, that just, flesh between I, his mouth
1: like an orange and smile at you. I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't want to. I don't want to tell him. I just want to advise. I just want to have had least said my piece before he leaves, man. It like feels, how? It, like that scene in my mind is like
0: a, from a cartoon. Or just falls in knocks the pot water splat like the just acne chain of events. It's insane he starts to catch on fire. Yes. He, he fell like that's partly his, into that's the
1: campfire like himself and then convulsed in the fire. Even if he's taking these people out here just to rob them, which, which he, it he's seems not. like maybe. Well, just based on him being like, How oh, much from money you their got? perspective, absolutely. Yeah. How much money you got? How much money you got? Yeah. Yeah. And then this dude like falls into the fire and like almost dies. Like, right out the gate? Yeah. And they were like, no, this guy's cool. I like this. Yes. Well, McGrew was. We should do this. One of
0: the early caravan members from that incident yelled at McGrew saying, you're the man who invited him in. You fucking take care of him. And they wouldn't let him sleep in any of the other wagons. He had to sleep with McGrew from that moment on, which was right early, early on. So they did not want him there. It was McGrew who was in charge of the caravan that just decided to. what did he have on this
1: guy what did he have (laughs) i know right i I don't
0: know man i i you'll see why i think he has like such a tender heart for him here in a second because after parker had kind of come to and was taken care of packer told mcgrew that what just happened was the first time anything like that had ever happened to him and then from that point on they happened regularly and he claimed to mcgrew this was a new thing he had never suffered seizures before
1: so he just lied about it right immediately. What the fuck? Like, this is what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, he's not even like, oh, I know it happens. Please try and save my life if I fall no. into the fire and knock scalding hot coffee onto myself. No, he was like, oh man, that was,
0: I'm, that's weird. I've never had that happen before. Whew, I hope that doesn't happen again. <clears throat> just has like another one. Holy fuck. It's insane, dude. It's He just lies and lies and lies. But McGrew was like a caring and kind man. And his big old heart remembered that Often, when he was talking about it, he would just remember that often in the middle of the night while he was rooming with Packer, Packer would wake up to head outside to go to the bathroom, and then when he would return into the wagon, occasionally would fall into a seizure on the wagon, oftentimes nearly on top of, of McGrew. And every time McGrew got up, picked up and cradled him and kept him safe until the seizures ended, and then he gently put him back to bed.
1: Did he like lose a son to epilepsy? Know. I don't
0: know. It's what it feels like. But he was he like, he was just like a, like a good guy. A good guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If he was a good guy, he would have sent this motherfucker back to town. <laughs> well, <laughs> the dude fell into a fire, knocked a coffee pot of scalding water onto himself and permanently disfigured himself. <laughs> What's in his best interest? Take him out further. See if, he, see if he ends up being a good
2: guy. If you take him back to town, he's just going to end up going someplace else and you won't be there to help him next time.
1: 400 miles in 20 days. It's worth it, guys. That hero
0: complex, the savior complex took over for him. He had, to, he had to help a wounded animal in his mind. Just wild. Throughout the journey, it eventually was also discovered by the others in the wagon crew that Packer had spent nine days in a county jail in Salt Lake City before. And we don't know if it's true for the reason, but the reason that Packer gave him was because he was found with a prostitute. And so he was put in it jail was for 90 days. Salt Lake City. I, I mean, I is mean Salt that Lake checks City. out. Exactly. See, that's why I'm like, I can, I see that. Um, but this found only- Found
1: with a drawing of a prostitute in <laughs> Salt Lake
0: City. <laughs> oh, what now? Uh, this, uh, this little piece of information only hardened Oliver's distaste for Parker at this point saying that it showed that uh, not Parker Packer saying that it showed that Packer had very little character and was not trustworthy. It just kind of added to the whole, like, I don't trust this man. He too sus, but they were stuck with each other at this point, at least for now. And while Packer promised 20 days, how long do you think they were in the wilderness for gentlemen?
2: 40 days, 40 nights.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Five days. No, no. He promised them 20. They were in the
1: wilderness Oh, they stayed. They continued. They followed this. Through oh, to the yeah.
0: End. It got to the point of no return for them. There was no going back after a little while. By the time they realized he might not know what he's doing, they were committed.
1: <laughs> they were about to start leaving they the were camp. Fucked. They were about to pack up after he fell into the fire and poured scalding hot coffee onto himself. And then they all went home safe and nobody got eaten by him, right? That's what happened? Yep.
0: How long do you think they were in the wilderness for, Alex? fucking 3 months. Bang on, 90 days, 3 months they were lost in the wilderness before they would find any sort of safety from the wilderness itself. And it was only through the kindness by the way of them paying uh Native Americans that they bumped into to guide them further along their journey because they were entirely lost. So the only reason they made it as far as they did was because of the kindness of uh, the Native Americans and willing to, to help these people. But they also noted uh, that they they would only take them so far, often stopping short because they would say that the tribe that was further on was hostile with their tribe and they wouldn't cross the boundaries because it might start a war. Uh, and this is when they actually found a bit of safety during one of these moments where their guides had stopped and they went on anyway, even though they were warned not to go on because the uh, Native Americans in this part were very hostile toward, uh, you know, uh, settlers. Um, and, uh, but they, did, they moved on anyway, and on January 25th of 1874, while the men were famished near starvation uh, and dying was kind of within view for them, they began debating if they need to kill the horses at this point for food, because if they didn't, they may Fuck. die anyway before they get anywhere. But before a decision could be made, the group found themselves very quickly surrounded by the local Ute nation, quote, whooping and yelling, all wearing war gear array. They were scared for their lives, but one of the wagon members, by the name of Frenchie, spoke Spanish and was able to communicate with the tribe. That's ironic. I-, I know, right? Uh, he was able to speak with the leader by the name of Ure, and he explained to them that they had no intentions of settling in the area and were just transient fortune hunters trying to move on to the gold mines further north.
1: Hey, me
2: too. <laughs> Isn't that the life story of everyone? Move on to the gold mines and further north.
0: Oddly enough, Ure took, found this is enough that they that they weren't clearly trying to settle. He saw how famished and weak they were and saw no threat, but also knew that sending them further would be their deaths. And he warned them that they should just stop until winter is done All the paths at this point were covered in snow, and they couldn't even see where they were uh, like on, on the road, so to speak. And so instead of taking them further north, he guided them to an area with fresh water, enough grass spread across the ground, even in the winter, for the animals to eat. And he would help with provisions over the weeks as they waited for winter to end to help get them through and survive so that they can get to Colorado when everything was more travelable, the more more able to be traveled. They like they again surprisingly like gave them a helping hand and wanted to help them. Um, but this didn't last long unfortunately at all. They all set up their tents and their little places to sleep, but after about a week, Oliver was already getting restless and so too were a few others. And despite repeated warnings of traveling in the harsh winter with fresh snow covering the trails by Ure, they were so determined that they were going to go out anyway, that Ure decided to give them the best directions he could to the closest cow camp that the American government kept for the Utes as part of a treaty signed in 1873. Uh, That was about 60 miles from where they were. And, uh, so we, he basically kind of drew out in the, like the snow and stuff and in the dirt, where's the best way to go? Jesse, you look like you have a question.
2: I'm trying to think of how many miles a person would normally, I know like if you're in the army and how much like a normal March would be, but if you're just like traveling, yeah. if it's 60 miles away, how many miles normally are you doing a day in the snow? You know what I mean? And are you on, and are you on a road or are you
1: like no
0: they, in the bullshit? They might be on a road to start, but very quickly they did not and were not able to keep the road.
1: They just followed a man who can't write his name into the woods who had never been there before.
0: <laughs> yeah. And while it's not part of the script, I'll quickly, like, well, let me go to this part first, is that, uh, again, he convinced Ure just to give him directions to the closest area that would be with, with uh, settlers. And so he, Oliver, and a few others packed up and left, heading in the direction that they were told. And Packer wanted to go with them. So he quickly packed his things as well and began to follow right behind them, but they didn't get very far before Oliver turned around, drew his six shooter, pointed it at Packer and said, if he saw him past that point in the mountain up ahead, there'd be trouble and he should go back now. It stopped Packer dead in his tracks and Packer went back to the camp. Yeah, he had no interest and he hated Packer, just hated Alfred Packer. And he went. I back. would have been this guy. Yeah, this he, he went, yeah. Uh, Packer was like, you know what, you know what, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head back. That crew did eventually come across the closest cow camp, but it was only uh, Oliver that made it to the cow camp, and he led them back where the others were trapped around a dying fire, all skin and bones, barely able to, uh, barely surviving with what they, uh, with what they had. Um, So they only made it because one person had enough energy to get the rest of the way and got to that cow camp. Uh, So they did survive, but only just goddamn barely. Uh, Holy shit! Like
1: goddamn, I can't believe this is like what it was to like travel at one point. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. I would (laughs) like some parts of society are like fully there, and you You know 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 it too. Like you know, in this
0: time period, that making this journey. Is life endangering, very life endangering, but the promise of a better life, especially compared to living where like, you know, in a developing like colony area, is like it's too much for people because it's just in a lot of ways it's kind of propaganda-y, obviously, because it's trying to draw people there to settle in. But by the time most like normal folk got there who didn't have the means to go right away. All the good claims were long gone. Right. I mean, we saw that in the Boone Helm story when
1: he arrived. People just, like, didn't hear a fucking word back from the fucking area. Yeah. They just just thought it was still good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, there's no way to know a lot of the time. And people, I mean, the, uh, what, uh, shit, the people who did this Dahmer party, uh, same idea of, like, deciding to go during the winter, even though they we told not to, and no wonder they all went into cannibalism. Which is, we'll definitely talk about the Dahmer party uh, eventually. But Packer, when he finally got back, was still very restless and wanted to leave as well. He was anxious to get there, and so were and so were a few others amongst his camp, willing to go with him. And so, one week after the first group of people left this little encampment, the second week of February, to give you an idea of how in the middle of winter they are right now, they're in the second week of February. Packer and five others packed up their things and planned on following the trail the previous party had left. Again, it's been a week. The trail is not really even there anymore. Like, they waited so much longer, but that was the plan. (sighs) The five other people that went with him were Israel Swan, George California Noon, Frank Reddy Miller.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that one. I least love you, these names. Yeah, California.
0: and uh, California. Frank, hey, California. That was his nickname because that's where he came from. So, like, that was the nickname they gave him, actually.
2: Just, yeah. That I'm might be the only California. dude they'd ever seen from California, if you think about it.
0: Also probably true. Probably yeah. true.
2: Where was Frenchie uh, from?
0: I don't know where Frenchie was Texas. from. Yeah. <laughs> South Texas. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> then there was Frank Reddy Miller, Shannon Wilson Bell, James Humphrey, all being led by none other than Alfred Packer. They all left the camp not long afterward, and it wouldn't be until April that any of this party was seen again. So from February till April, they vanished. Nobody knows how where they went. They got lost. It wasn't until the early hours of April 16th, 1874, that was, quote, like a spring morning, Alonzo Hartman, one of the Los Pinos Indian Agency employees was out gathering firewood. While he was out gathering the wood, he noticed, quote, I noticed a man coming down the little creek walking leisurely on the ice. This man carried a Winchester rifle in one hand and a coffee pot in the other. That, as it turned out, had live coals in it to start a fire. Of course, this was none other than Alfred Packer, who now sported a long, scraggly beard and long, unkempt black hair. He quickly took Packer to his bunkhouse where the other members of the agency got him food, comfort, and began to ask what happened. But each one of the agency members has a different memory of what this man looked like. Others, one man said that he looked like he was well-fed with wide eyes. Another man said he looked like he was on the border of starving to death. Another man looked like said he looked relatively normal, but his eyes were hollow and dark. So we have a mixed account of what he even looked like coming out of the woods, varying different reports. Um, and I wonder how much of it is influenced by what they ended up learning. What went down? Like the guy who said he was well-fed, you know, he's saying this after he already knows what he did, what Packard did, how he ended up living in the cannibalism. that yeah, He's ended talking up happening. from hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's the real answer. And unfortunately we just don't, we won't know, but the story that Packer gave when he was asked what happened was a very, very simple one. He said that he was with five other men before he himself became snowblind and foot-sore. So the other members of the, his group left him at camp while heading to find a settlement, but then they never returned. So he decided, after he felt good enough, to get up and try and wander to safety, looking for the people that he had lost and hopefully finding somebody to take them in. And the man who first saw him out there in the near the creek and brought him to the bunkhouse Alonzo Hartman this man is a direct descendant on his mother's side of Daniel Boone whoa <laughs>
1: like a weird like just to keep, give you, you what might I guess as well was, have said he's a direct descendant of Batman <laughs> yeah that's like that's crazy
0: it's a, it's on his mother's side and it's it's just one of those moments where you realize how very few people we're like living in these areas at this time, how easy it was to bump into other people that are part of other stories. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he bumped into somebody who bumped into Boone Helm at some point. Um, however, after giving that story, it wouldn't be long before it started getting into question because all the while, while he's being taken care of in the bunkhouse over in a Ute nation village, wandering and drifting down the nearby Creek, a young woman finds a piece of something floating toward her. Stop. She bends over and picks it up and realizes she has the detached arm of a human being in her hands. Holy fucking And that's fucking what we'll pick shit. up next episode, learning <laughs> what happened during those, what, February, March, April is two and a half months, what is true and what might be lie. And if this man killed these people, prematurely or he truly waited for them to die. We'll find out next week, everybody in the final part. Oh my God of this episode. All right. I they, well, the 1800s are it's a, wild, It's a, man. It's, a whack love, it's a whack time. It's a whack time. It's a, it's a, it is a whack time. It's a jack whack of a time. Yeah. What do you guys, do you guys think this man is truly, before we move into the next episode for next week, do you think this man is truly nefarious or do you think he is a man who just is kind of dumb and did some dumb shit. And much like Boone
2: helm stupided his way into survival. I'm worried. It's that I'm worried. We're going to find out <laughs> that like in the comedy of errors, he like tripped and fell and hit the edge of like a table and a knife was on the table and it flew up and like stabbed one of the he people. And, and is... that person like fell forward and knocked the guy into a buzzsaw. And that guy, the blood went everywhere and then it hit the people. And they're like, whoa. And they like fell off the back of like a cliff or something. I'm worried that's what's gonna happen.
1: All into a pot of boiling water.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I, again, I love that he came with the coffee pot in hand, by the way. Like it's like oh, his hey. he wandered in. <laughs> oh God. Um, I will say this. Uh, with what you know of his silliness so far, next episode, much like Boone Helm, he
2: decides to go on the run from the law. Question: Did he or did he accidentally like get his foot caught on a rope that was pulled by a horse? And then the horse pulled him away from the police. They're like, he's running. He is it? I can neither confirm nor deny. That's
1: how it happens,
0: but he succeeds and the cops can't find him for
2: nine years.
1: Nine so, years! <laughs> oh my God. No one can do nothing at this time. You could just hide in a fucking closet. You'll be fine. No one will stop you.
0: Well, uh, well boys, it's fun to be back into some true crime reality. Thanks for joining me on this. It's a little bit more fun than uh than a modern day serial killer. This has got that Boone helm flavor. Uh, We'll be back next week with the finale episode, a nice little story, and uh, I'm excited for it. Please, guys, if you enjoyed this, let us know on uh, rating us and dropping us like little reviews. That stuff still really, really helps. I noticed we have almost 4,000 reviews on Spotify and we have a 4.9 star average, which is freaking awesome. Um, I also noticed all of our listeners are also from all of your podcasts, which is great. <laughs> Cox and Crendor and, uh, super B right? and stuff. What's it's up like guys? The same audience. We're all the same. It's What's great. Up, we folks? love you guys. We appreciate it. What
2: if we got, uh, more people tell your friends and what if I they were like, Hey, my friend, janet the sexy redhead is super into you jet like what if though all right well we're gonna end that there thank you guys so much
0: for listening that was the line that was the line patreon.com
1: slash chulnati pod patreon.com slash chulnati pod goodbye
0: As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the... I don't know who they are. There's two... What? Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No! Neo and Trinity. No! No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two...
2: Leon Kennedy and Claire Redd. Yo. I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And he has been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep.
0: Which one of you is uh, Dick Powell?
2: Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I want to you I want my i
0: Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by Alex and Jesse. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO.